Welcome to The Productivity Show, the Asian efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, energy, and attention. I'm Brooks Duncan, and in today's episode, I interview Aaron Chase, one of the most productive people I know and a very successful business person who helps busy and overwhelmed home chefs learn to spend less money on groceries and get organized in the kitchen. She's the founder of $5 Dinners, is the author of the $5 Mom Cookbook series, and has just released a new app called Vani, which helps to teach you to cook in your own kitchen with the help of a live instructor. But we're not gonna be talking about meal planning. We're gonna be talking about how she structures her days, her weeks, and how she stays focused on executing her big ideas while managing her work, her team, and her busy family. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 226. And now, on with the show. All right, Aaron Chase, welcome to The Productivity Show. Hey, Brooks, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so we'll get into the story of why I for sure wanted to have you on. But before I do that, I mean, you've heard my introduction, but maybe uh, it's probably better to hear it in your words. Who are you? What do you do? And uh, what problem are you trying to solve? Which is a question I learned I'm supposed to be asking at the conference that we met at. It's not what you do. It's what problem do you solve? We learned that. We learned that together. So, <laughs> Yes, we did. And now let's see if I can answer it correctly. So my name is Erin Chase, and I have been working in the online space for a little over 10 years. And the problem that I am solving is helping people spend less money on groceries while still eating healthful, wholesome meals that work for them and their family. So that's the problem I'm solving. We've developed a number of resources over the last 10 years to help in the different different areas of that because that's that there's a lot that comes with learning how to spend less money um, on food. And so we've developed de- developed different resources around um, that concept. Right on. Awesome. So before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, usually what we like to do is, and this is a new thing we're kind of starting on the podcast, is we want to make sure that you have actionable things that you can use that have really helped us right off the bat. So basically what I'd like to do you to do is share, if you could, three tools or quick tips or something uh, that, that make you more productive. So the first one is a little, well, I know we'll talk about this at some point, but Entreport is the CRM that I use and it is a powerhouse. I even messaged my assistant earlier today and was like, it is amazing how quickly we can turn, we, we're setting up for uh, our Black Friday promotions this mm-hmm. morning, finishing the setup. We've done a lot of it already, but finishing it and just polishing it up. And like, it's so easy and fast to just turn things on. And then I make a note to turn them off on next Tuesday when everything's finished. And so um, that is one of them. And, and I, I actually, you know, when I add up, it, it's not cheap. I'm just going right. to say that right, <laughs> right off the bat. But it, the way I think about it and the way I treat it and the way I use it is it's almost like it's, it's, it's like an employee of the business, right? Like it's an employee. So it's worth spending um, that much. It's almost like it's, that's, it's, it's payment every, every month is to this employee, but it's really this amazing, powerful software that's running everything. The second thing would be we have a really fantastic phone call strategy that we use with our team. And I know we'll dive a little bit deeper into that, but it, it was, it's, it's kind of a twist off of um, Patrick Lencioni's Death by Meeting book. I kind of pulled pieces of that out and implemented them into our structure and, and kind of our, and how we work with things. And so that's been um, really, really helpful. We probably switched about a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, and it just, it is still going strong. And so I want to talk about that a little bit more later. And then, um, 
working together as a team, I, there's actually three tools that we use really, really well. Um, Dropbox, Flock, which is a new um, chat and file management. And it's a little bit, it's, it's like Slack on steroids. And then Voxer. If you're not using Voxer, you need to be using Voxer. It is uh, the text slash voice messaging. You leave voice messages, messages for each other. And it is like the best thing since sliced bread. I say that about a lot of, a lot of things, but Voxer has really helped with our internal communication. Um, and then as well as I just, I just kind of go back and forth with other entrepreneurs too. So um, it's been really helpful for us. So those would be my, my three. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yep. With you on the Entreport, actually, uh, for those that don't know, we record uh, these podcasts live in front of the dojo and we have it on video so everyone can see uh, everyone can see Aaron and I and uh, we can see Katie in her pajamas. Uh, but uh, for those who who for who are watching i'm i didn't plan this but i'm wearing a an entreport hoodie so that i got at one of the conferences so yeah repping but voxer sounds awesome i'm definitely gonna have to check that out for our internal communication so thanks for that Okay, cool. So, uh, you know, we talked about how your your mission is to is to essentially uh, help families uh, eat healthier uh, and make their their money stretch further. How how did that all come about? Like, how did you end up getting into that business and 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 growing it? Well, I'm a total accidental entrepreneur. That's like a, <laughs> a quasi buzzy thing. I feel like it really was by accident. It was me solving a problem for our family, and this was back in the summer of 2008. And my husband is, is, uh, was teaching at that time. He's since um, started his own business recently. And, uh, he, but he taught for a, a many years um, as I was getting going with everything. And so when the gas prices here started to shoot up, he had a long commute. We were looking at really tight budgets. And so I took it upon myself, not working at the time. Um, I was home with our two little boys. I should say not working for an income being mm -hmm. a mom is a lot yes. of work. Okay. Okay. I know. Um, so I was home um, with them. And just took it upon myself to spend less money on groceries, you know, less of his hard-earned money so that we could, off, you know, kind of balance out the, the rising gas prices and really just figured out this sort of way of shopping and this strategy that was different. And I, you know, $5 dinners is, is what I'm known for and it's what we've built. And it was, you know, born out of me, I'm a math nerd, adding up you know, these ingredients cost this much, these ingredients cost this much, these ingredients cost this much. Oh my gosh, that was less than five bucks to feed all of us. What's happening here? And so I started blogging about it on my now defunct family blog, which was just like pictures of my kid at the pool. That's my kids at the pool that summer. And my sister of all people was like, I could care less what you're buying at the grocery store and what you're making for dinner. And so that was kind of like a cue of be like, well, this should be its own thing. And I knew enough about like starting a little blog spot blog. And so I did that and it just <laughs> within a month, we had a thousand visitors a day on the website. It just took off because it resonated with people. Sure. And it was a different way of looking at how to shop and how to make meals for your family. And so I think it just resonated not only because of the economy starting to tank at that time, but also because of, you know, this actually can work. And it's funny how a lot of the, a lot of the, the things that the businesses that resonate with people, especially the entrepreneurial stories start from that exact thing, something that you have a need for. So you start looking into it and then you just 
every since once in a while, we just hit on something that resonates with people and it takes off. So it, it's, and it's the same with, with the AE community too. Sometimes we hear this story a lot. People got into what they're doing, not intentionally in the sense that they decided I want to be an X, Y, Z or Z as we say in Canada, but more just because it's just something that they kind of fell into. So it's always, it's always fun. Now, if you're listening to this podcast so far, you're probably thinking that we're going to be talking about meal planning and budgeting and all that sort of stuff. And that actually would probably make productive meal planning actually would be an awesome podcast. So maybe we'll have to do a round two on this someday. Um, but the reason that I wanted to have Aaron on is because we met at a conference for Entreport, which we've been talking about. This is not an ad. They're not sponsoring us. And I was in a session that she was giving and I was I was sitting there in the audience. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh. This person is so smart. I have all these questions about Entreport I want to ask. So, you know, listening to that. And then we ended up sitting uh, at a table at dinner. And it turned out that Aaron is a listener of the Productivity Show, which is super awesome. Uh, but then uh, later at, a, at a, a lunch we were at, you were talking about your different businesses and the different facets of your business and all the stuff you have going on. And you started diving into how you structure your days, how you structure your week, how you structure your team communication, how you structure downtime, like all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I wish I had my microphone right now because we should be recording this conversation. So this is, a, we, I didn't have a microphone with me, but this is, a, this is kind of the next best thing. So I'm super happy to have you here to talk about how you juggle all this stuff that you have going on, but also, you know, deliver stuff not just be busy but actually get stuff out there um so super happy to have you here for that awesome i'm super excited to get to share with you guys and i just like the evolution of our conversations and how i got to here is like super amazing and i can't wait to share some of these things <laughs> right on so okay so all this stuff five dollar dinner and all the various offshoots of that do you do it by yourself i'm well you mentioned a team before so so maybe explain a little bit about how your business is structured, how the team is structured and how that all works. Definitely not doing this by myself. <laughs> I was really early on ready to help have somebody help me. And I think in our, it was probably halfway through our first, so 18 months in or so, I um, found uh, an assistant. She still works as part of our team. She's, you know, up a level now. And she um, has worked with me really closely for a really long time. She and I did a lot of great work together. She never worked full time for me. She always worked 10 to 20 hours a week, depending on the season. And it's kind of evolved as we've grown different, diff these different resources. Some of them are actually separate businesses then I have different people helping with different pieces, if you will. And so now I have uh, one near full-time assistant and a part-time, I'm going to say personal assistant-ish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then a number of people, probably eight people who do something very specific. Um, I have my main, my, my near full-time assistant, I would call her like the Jill of all trades, if you will. She can kind of do all the things and do them well and do them quickly. She can move at my speed, yeah. <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else has a very specific, um, you know, task or set of tasks. So we have an Instagram manager. I have, I think, six different Instagram accounts that we manage. And so she manages all of those and she manages um, our live Pinterest account. So live pinning. And then we have somebody else who does all of our scheduled pinning and pinning analytics because Pinterest is our 
after search, our number one traffic source for, for all of our food sites. So everybody does something a little bit different. That's very, but it's also very, very specific. And so in those, those guys, those contractors really work anywhere between like three and eight hours a week. And so, you know, put them all together. It's probably about three to four full-time positions, um, you know, with my, my, uh, near full-time, near full-time assistant. So, you know, it's a little bit of a combo, if you will, of mm. sort of like niched out contracted work. And then, you know, having, having my, my Jill of all trades is what I like to call her, um, is, is it's been a really good balance for me personally and for the needs of the businesses that we have. And so that's how we're set up right now. So all the, other than the Jill of all trades, all these people are people who like, let's say the Instagram person, it's somebody who does Instagram, right? So you are one of their Instagram clients and they do all this stuff for you. And then, but they probably do other, other stuff as well. So I guess that's a good way to do it too, because then you're not getting, having somebody do it who kind of sort of knows Instagram and is okay. Like you get whatever that function is, you've got a super rock star, a super zeroed in uh, person on that. Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And it's interesting too, because I looked at, cause I was a, for Asian efficiency, I was a, a blog reader and a customer uh, well, like years before I joined the team, many people would know. And it was always interesting watching there were multiple productivity blogs in the same space. But one thing Tan and the co-founder did very early on was get help, get help with support, get help with other things. And I think that that really that decision early on, it sounds like it's it's the same with you, is uh, that delegation that, you know, getting assistance and stuff like that, that probably I feel like that was a big reason for their growth. And I suspect it sounds like that's probably the same for you as well. Eh? Yeah, exactly. I think it was really, um, it was taking a leap at that time. You know, it was just me. I had accidental. And by that point, we were definitely making enough money to sustain that. And it, you know, but it was amazing how quickly things started progressing after that. I had, you know, I didn't have any experience in this. I worked in, in school and education before. And so, you know, being in my own business and, you know, having it, wanting it to grow and who, who helps me do that? Well, she helped me do that. And so I think that that's where a lot of people get hung up is I don't, beyond the, I don't know how to delegate, it's you can't see past today and this week to see what somebody's help could do for you. Sure. And I think if you can just let your brain go there for just 10 seconds, you'll convince yourself to hire somebody. <laughs> and then it's like, then the, tr- then the, then the train starts moving down the tracks a lot faster. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a leap. And it's a lot of times it's, you, you just think to yourself, there's no way I could afford that. But a lot of times it's less expensive than you think as well, because like you said, you don't necessarily, eventually you, you may grow to the point where you do need a full-time assistant or whatever. But a, a lot of times at the beginning, it, it's not like that. It's, it's these little things that, that you can get a little bit of help with and it altogether, it pays off right on. All right. So Let's get into what I really wanted to talk about, which is the structuring time. So you've got all this stuff going on. You've got, you know, eight people or whatever that you need to communicate with. You've got they're all doing different things. How do you how do you structure your day so you know that you're working on the things that you should be working on and making sure that everything happens, not just the fires? Yes, the fires. You got to make room in your day for the fires. Number one. No, actually, that would be like number 10. Okay, so I structure my day. I'm very much a time blocker. 
And I'm not a rigid, super strict, like if I work outside of the time blocks, things are going to fall apart. But I, I work in time blocks because it helps me to position tasks and projects into my day and week um, in a way that's going to keep things moving at the speed and rate they need to be moving. So we hit deadlines, so we launch products, so all the things that have to happen um, in what my assistant and I joke as filling up the internet, because that's basically all we're here to do is fill up the internet. <laughs> and so if we're going to do that well, we have to um, have structure to this. And this is a structure that I have given to myself. It is not a structure that I have given to to Lauren, and it's not a structure I've given to the other people on the team, they, they kind of know how, how I do things, but I haven't said they're also not employees. So I can't say to them, I need you working in these blocks on these days, but they're, they, they work in their own efficient ways. Um, so I want to clear that up really quickly. I know there are companies that do do that, but for me, I, I personally don't. So I, I, let's talk about the daily, um, probably would be the first sure, most yeah. beneficial. So daily, I, um, I call it a sandwich and it's, it's like a very, um, delicious sandwich, you know, where I'm all about food. So let's talk about food. So the bread of my sandwich is what I call admin check-ins. And that is anywhere between 15 minutes and it can take sometimes up to like two hours. It depends on the day. Um, Tuesdays are usually kind of long and sometimes Fridays are long. And so what happens in admin check-ins are what I call um, business maintenance. So business maintenance is basically what keeps the lights on, right? You guys talk about that. So like things that you have to do every single day. Um, I personally, I have tried this. I have to say this because I know you'll talk about this a lot. I have tried it so many times, so many, 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 many times. I cannot I've tried. I know I it's coming. I <laughs> cannot do the eat the frog. I can't. Right. It doesn't work for me. And that's fine. I accepted that a long time ago. There was a period of time um, after learning about that book. And this was probably six, five, six. It was long ago. Maybe when I don't even know when it came out, but it was years ago. And I tried it. And then I didn't work. And I tried it again. And it didn't work. And I finally was like, this is not how this works for me. So I sandwich. This is my permission to anybody who that doesn't work for. <laughs> so I sandwich my day with um, admins, admin time. So that is, it can be a lot of different things. Part of it can be putting out fires. Um, part of it could be hopping in into customer service. If there's something that's we've not encountered before and nobody knows what to do. And is this going to tech support? Is this going to, you know, entreport support? Is this going to me? And so part of it's jumping into those things. Part of it is email. I'm a total inbox 10 person. I'm not inbox zero. I'm inbox 10. So part of it's maintaining the inbox 10. And then part of it is what I um, consider to be like a review maybe, or um, just checking on all of the things before they get pushed out. So that's reading emails, um, rewriting content, if that needs to be the case, um, double checking um, design, uh, design images. We use a design agency. And so we get, you know, usually between anywhere of six and 10, I need to review every, every day. And so all of that happens in the morning and then those designs get sent to different places. And so just kind of that, just that admin stuff. 
I have automated as much of it as I can using different softwares, Zapier and what all the different things you can do. And so a lot of it is as automated as it can be. But because of how our brand is, and it's very much Aaron and it's Aaron's life right. in a lot of it, um, I need to make sure that it's correct. Um, Lauren can write like she's me. Um, she's learned how to do that, but I still want to make sure that it's right. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's it's just scanning everything. It's not me having to start an email from scratch. It's not me having to start a blog post from scratch. It's just making sure that all the pieces are put in there before this particular piece of content um, goes live. And that could be anywhere from video to, you know, email to design to social media graphics and, you know, all the range of things that has happened. So I, I, I do all of that because I need my brain to be clear to work. And this is sort of like the simplistic, minimalistic tendencies that I have personally. And so if I'm going to, this is why eat the frog didn't work for me. If I try to do that first thing in the back of my head is all, Oh, the review I need to do. And I get the email. And then my brain is like, just, so I've just learned and it's my personal flow to do those things first. And then what do I do right after that, which is also my peak work time is like 10 AM to one to two is get in and do the blocks. And so this is where, so these two 30 minutes to two hours, it really depends on the day and what we have coming out um, and what deadlines are on and things. In the morning and the afternoon, I do that. And then in between there, I have three to four blocks, um, about an hour and a half each. I personally can get into something that long without a problem, back-to-back different things. And those are typically um, business growth or business development type tasks. So, um, a lot of that is, is marketing related. I still, I don't have a, a CMO, if you will, I'm still the CMO, I guess. And so I do, you know, if it's an integration or it's a setup or, you know, it is, it is still faster for me to build pages than to have somebody else do it and go in and change it all because I will. So it's, I, those things are, I'm still holding on to some of those types of tasks. And so, because I want to, and because I'm good at them and because I can do them quickly, faster than anybody else. So at this point I'm holding on to those. Could I outsource that in the future? Absolutely. Um, and so those, these hour and a half blocks that I do are typically, um, you know, because they're sandwiched with the admin stuff, I can really dig in to getting things done and the projects, business growth, business maintenance projects, all of those things kind of mean the same thing. The things that are going to make me more money, if you will. So the non keep the lights on tasks, those happen in these hour and a half ish long blocks. Now, some of those blocks are going to the gym and running errands and things like that, which I actually don't run that many errands anymore. My um, personal assistant does a lot of that for me now, which is fantastic. Uh, One of the things I didn't say earlier was I have four children um, from (laughs) ages 13 to six. And so, you know, she will help with, you know, dentist appointments or, you know, running to pick up something that they need for a school. They had these school parties the other week. And so she ran and grabbed apples that I, that we signed up for things like that. Um, And so the, I will, on occasion, I'll take my own little block if I need to go shopping or I need to get away or whatever. 
Um, but so not all of these blocks are work blocks. So ones, you know, three, two, three times a week, I'm at the gym or out running at the park. And that is a whole nother productivity thing. I know you guys just did the whole TEA thing. So that's like, go back and listen to that on how exercise helps your energy level and your productivity. And so, but that's really important to me. Like I won't give that up like that. I can get more done after a day at the gym than I could on today. Even though I was really productive before we started this, I still could have gotten more done if I had gone to the gym first thing this morning. So, you know, it, yeah. So the blocks are also for me. Um, and it's also to help us move our business along as, as fast as we can. And so I think that by having everything divided into the blocks, it just helps us get so much more done faster. Um, and I also, in, in part of our communication, which I know we'll get to, I know that I'm working and getting these things done for these team members, and they're going to have these things done for me by this time. So that by the time I get to that block, maybe Thursday, that's finished by then. And so that constant kind of communication that has to happen within the team to make sure that, um, that my goal anyways, for us, and it, it's not perfect. We, we certainly mess it up here and there and sometimes everywhere, depending on the week and, um, is to not have anybody waiting on me for anything. I'm typically the, the roadblock, but you know, and they're really great about making sure that they're, that I'm not waiting for them. That's usually not an issue. Um, just because we're really clear with communication when things when are needed by and in large part, because I know when I'm going to be working on that particular thing, you know, that's a, that's going to be a Thursday afternoon thing. I'm going to wrap up then. And then I think the other thing real quick, when we'll wrap up this daily kind of structure is that it helps me not feel overwhelmed. Okay. Because overwhelm I think is caused by two things. It's caused by our inability to prioritize, which we're just not really great at as human beings. You can get, you can get better at it. You can practice it. Um, and, and it can become a discipline and a habit, right? But in general, I think the inability to prioritize combined with, we don't know how long something's going to take to do. Mm. Those two things together is what spins us into mental tornado that I call mental tornado. And I, I teach this to people, to, you know, our, our audience in the dinner sense. Right. And we, right. but really it applies in any area of your life. And so, you know, this, we're coming up into the holiday season. It's all going to get done. There is no need for me to stress about all the things that need to happen during the holiday season, right. Between work and just personal life and gifts and all the things. No, it's going to happen. And the reason I know it's going to happen is because I have the blocks, right? I think if something is like, when some, and this is partly a mindset thing and partly a, a, a thought training thing. Like when something comes into my head, like, oh, I need to do this. It immediately goes to, I'll do that Thursday afternoon, or I'll do that. Here's a perfect example. Thanksgiving here is in like three days, four days, three days. And I need to make things. Well, I'm going to be at the office all day, this whole, these next three days. And then it's Thanksgiving, Wednesday night. I'll be cooking in the kitchen late. No big deal. Just stick it on. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and so, you already you already know that this is going to happen Wednesday night. So you're not you're not thinking to yourself, "Oh my gosh, all this stuff has to be done." And you're not thinking about it now when you should be making marketing pages or landing pages or something like that. It's not derailing that because you know that it's slotted into Wednesday night's block and it's it's all good. 
Interesting. Exactly. And I think that's the the real advantage to time blocks. And again, I, I'm not like super strict about it. It's not like I have to be doing this at this particular time. Like it's not that. It's it's more about like the mental relationship that I have with time and with tasks or projects or cooking, Thanksgiving side dishes, whatever it may be. Because I don't I don't like you said they're gone. I don't do it at Wednesday night. Done. And so I think that it's almost like a mental system, if you will, in, in addition, but I do work within that. Like I do have these actual blocks of time where I need to build out, you know, like this morning was finish all the black Friday stuff. So I had, it probably took me a little bit more than an hour and a half, but um, just because once I got going, I'm like, Oh, we should add this. We should do this. We should do this. And so then I got going and then it got all done. Um, and so, but I knew that it was going to all happen on Monday morning because everything's going live tomorrow. So it's, you know, it's, it doesn't stress me out because I know it's going to happen and because I put it right. there mentally in the future and then it doesn't, it doesn't mess with me. Right. So if I'm, if I'm hearing you right about, um, the sandwich, the reason that it doesn't, or the eat the frog, eat your frog thing hasn't worked for you. And I suspect that this is true for a lot of people. Um, but they all feel like they should be doing the, the ear frog thing. Uh, so I think it's super, super valuable that you brought this up, but at least for you, it sounds like the reason it doesn't work is because if you were to wake up, roll out of bed or roll into the office or whatever, and start your business maintenance and business growth thing, it wouldn't be ideal because you know that lurking somewhere are all of those questions, all of those admin type stuff, all of those things you need to check on. Like, even if you're super focused or trying to be super focused on these, um, these, uh, business growth type things, you know, all that stuff is there. So you're not giving it as, as much of your focus as you could be by just taking care of whatever is there in the morning. And if you structure your day that way, then it's not a problem because, because it's all, been taken care of like it's all been allotted for i guess is what you're saying interesting yes exactly and i'll a real a, a quick like side dive on here i don't know if you've ever done any personality testing but i am a really high number one on the enneagram which is orderliness and you know i've seen this over as i've journeyed throughout my years of doing this and i the first most evident one was when i wrote my first cookbook i the room that i was sitting in when I was writing, which sometimes was my office, sometimes, which was also a playroom at that time. It was kind of a combo. Sometimes the living room, sometimes the kitchen, whichever room I was in had to be like decluttered, nothing on the floor, nothing on the counter. It had, and I, and then looking back, I'm like, oh, that was my orderliness shining through. And so I've just kind of accepted that like these things need to be in order before I'm going to be able to dive into something. And I think that that's why, um, you know, and that kind of speaks to your point about that's, I think why eat that frog didn't work. It's not that it didn't work. It's just that I'm not doing the frog the very first thing, right? Yeah. I'm doing the frog after I've cleared and made order of all the admin things that need to happen for our team. And then I can dive in and, and, and eat the frog. I I have frogs. I have lots of them that we get done. Um, and they don't really like, they don't lurk from week to week to week to week. If they do, they get tossed and it's not a frog anymore. So um, I think that that, I think the reason for that is just, is, is just the orderliness factor in my personality. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I, I think there's a lot of people there with you. A uh, minor point of clarification before we move on to the next section, Phil in the dojo in our, in our Slack is asking, 
just a term question. When you say your inbox 10, I'm guessing you mean you get it down to around 10 in your inbox. You're not so like focused on getting it to zero. That's what you mean by inbox 10, right? Yeah. Yes. I have six right now. Okay. Yeah. Six in my inbox. I, it usually sits around 10 and it's typically things that need to just happen at some point this week in my sort of admin block, whether it's the morning or afternoon and kind of feels like when I want to respond to this, right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just kind of a, yeah. it's kind of a, you know, a, a thing. All right. So, uh, next question is, so we talked about how you structure your day, uh, you know, with the sandwich and stuff like that. Do you have certain time how do you know what you know you talked about how you have the wednesday blocks like how do how does that work in your with your week do you do certain things at certain on certain days or something like that or or how does that work with your different businesses and that sort of thing so i theme out our days um kind of by by brand or if you only are working in like one business or one brand then by i would do by bucket and so what i mean by that is like everybody has marketing tasks they need to do. Everybody has content marketing tasks. Everybody has email marketing tasks. Everybody has social media marketing tasks. Everybody has finance tasks. You know, there's all these things that we have to do to keep things moving and to keep things growing, right? And so I bucket my weeks by brand for us. So every single Monday morning, I do all of the content for the $5 dinners website for that week. And it's not perfect. There are on occasion, something will come up later in the week. We'll have to go in and quickly do something, or there's an SEO question or something that comes through that I'll quickly answer during an admin block. Right. But for the most part, every single Monday between like nine and 11 is me working on the content for that week for $5 dinners. So that means my $5 dinners team, which consists of two people has to have everything ready for me before 9am on Mondays. So that when I come in, everything's there and I can quickly go through things, update things, edit things, change things, add things, write things, do all the blurby things that we have to do for kind of our brand personality driven businesses. Um, Every Tuesday is our freezer cooking programs marketing day. I spend the whole day working on marketing, um, you know, outside of the email review that we do, whether it's setting up something, new sales, new leads, Facebook ads, all the different things that come with marketing. So that's Tuesday. Yes, maybe something else might slip in, but being able to, I think kind of goes back to that whole overwhelm and prioritizing and, and, and not knowing how much time things are going to take is that I just know that I'll work on those marketing tasks on Tuesday. And I know that Wednesday morning, I'm almost always at the gym. So I usually don't have a big thing happening on Wednesdays. Um, Thursday is our other meal plan program is Thursday morning, every single Thursday morning. So what arrives in my inbox every Wednesday night, what I need to do from our, from our, from that team comes into my inbox Wednesday night so that it's ready for me on Thursday morning. And that's just how we have structured it. And so there is a little bit of structure for our team again, and having things ready by certain times, but that allows me then to operate within our kind of themed I do mine by brand. But again, if you have the one, then you would be doing like maybe Wednesday mornings is SEO. You're just going to go in and SEO, go update old, old posts, um, do some keyword research, whatever things you need, do some reading, um, take a course, whatever you need to do for SEO would happen on Wednesday morning. So you just make yourself an SEO bucket and then you just kind of, it takes some time and some discipline um, and practice at getting like, okay, 
well, you know what, actually that thing that just came up on Thursday, that'll just wait till Monday morning. I don't have to do that today. I'll just slot it for when I'm already doing the other $5 dinner stuff on Monday. And so it's a little bit of time and practice and discipline, but I think once you kind of understand the buckets that are in your business, the, and the way that you can kind of position them throughout your week will help um, not only the mental tornado, but just help things move and progress faster in your business. Yeah, I think I think uh, people are often surprised when they try something like this that these what they think of as fires or or things that pop up that they need to do right now. Sure, there is occasionally something that like absolutely has to be done right now, but more often than not, it if you if you theme your day out or your week out the the way that you describe more often than not that thursday thing can really wait till till monday as long as you know boundaries and expectations with everybody are are set um kind of question though so it sounds like a lot of your weekly structure depends on other people's deliverables so you know your work that you're going to do on thursday really depends on that person getting it to you on Wednesday by Wednesday or whatever, does that ever not happen? Like, what do you do if, if that Wednesday deliverable doesn't show up or there's some big issue with it? Like, does that, I, I could see how that could make things fall apart pretty quickly. Does that ever happen or, or how does that work? It doesn't typically happen. We typically foresee, for example, this week. Uh, okay. Let's use that that example. So that is, we have a weekly meal plan service that we put an email out to our members every single Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern time with the next week's meal plans. And it's, it's not, I'm not gonna lie, it's a tight turnaround, but it works. And we've been doing it this way literally for two years. Right. <laughs> so what happens is in my block on Thursday mornings, I edit and review or review and final edit the plan that's going to go out the next day. Okay. So we're working, I mean, this is week to week on partly on purpose so we can make sure things are seasonal and we've tried planning it out in the past, doing a month at a time. We all work better on this weekly format. And so on, so I will edit what comes in, edit, review, look at, scan, update if needed, what comes in Wednesday night. I also set up what's going to be for the following week. So Jen has a full week to do the three things that she probably does in getting it ready to come back to me. So she and I almost work in this little cycle. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing every week. And we even had a software built (laughs) to do a lot of the work for us, but we still have to have human eyeballs on it. And so that's how that works. So an example of how we will, will tweak off of that is this coming Thursday is Thanksgiving. I'm not working on Thanksgiving. Well, at least not doing that. And so we did two weeks last week. Right. So we'll skip this week and then we'll pick back up the following week, if that makes sense. And so we just have this expectation and flow of this particular task. Same thing happens for our $5 generous content. Actually, with that one, I do plan that out a month in advance. So December's already all done. And I, I don't, I don't know if they've started working on it. I haven't looked, but as of Friday, they had not, um, uh, Jen and Laura go in together and they work through everything that needs to be set up 
so that when I come in on Monday morning, they usually actually work a full month in advance. So I come in on Monday morning and, you know, flit off every other, you know, all the little things that need to get done and then schedule everything to go live throughout that week. So I have my, it's like my final review on it. And so that happens every, it is, it is there. There's probably been one time maybe in the last year and a half that we've been working that way that that has kind of gone off and that was fine. I already know what needs to be done. I can do it. I'll just work a little faster and do it faster, you know? And so, um, and then there's other people on the team that also know what needs to be done. So if somebody needed to step in, then they could. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes total sense. Cool. How about, you know, with the, with the team and different moving parts, how do, how does meetings work? Do you, are you a a no meeting company or do you have a meeting rhythm or (laughs) uh, for those who aren't on video, there's a, there's a no, 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 absolutely not. I'm like dancing over here. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so, so, uh, how does that work? Do you have a meeting meeting rhythm kind of set up or, or how does that, how does that work? We do. We have a, uh, I have a weekly check-in with Lauren on my near full-time assistant and it is very much a, Hey, I need this from you and I need this from you and we're doing this and this got to be done. It's very much the back and forth. He said, you know, I need this. And then of course we talk daily, multiple times a day, 20 times a day, more than that, probably some days on flock and Voxer. So there's kind of continuity out of that meeting. That's just kind of the daily things. We also do a top three. These are the top three things I'm working on today. She and I both do that. And then depending on the week and depending on that, like if we have a big promotional coming up, other team members will also drop in their top three um, that they're working on for that particular day. So we have that weekly. It's not really a scrum call, but it kind of feels like one. We just don't do it daily. We kind of do it daily just via via chat, but we have an actual full hour check-in once a week. Then we have, uh, if we're in, in development mode, we've no, we work with the developer team, a number of different products that we've developed over the years. And if we're in development mode, then I will have a daily tech scrum call. Then those are usually five, 10 minutes. And so that's just making sure that they have what they need and I do what they need. They get you know the back and forth that we need from each other. And then at the monthly level, this is something that we've done, I think I, in the last year and a half or so, where we've taken the buckets in the business and, and give it in the businesses and given them their own monthly call. So we have a monthly strategy call where all we talk about is email. I actually had that call this morning for December. So we have the entire December email across our seven different brands that we have that we, that we power via email. We had that call this morning. So that's all planned out for December. And then we have an SEO call that was twice a month for a while while we were doing a bunch of updates and now it's once a month. Um, and then we have a, uh, promotions call, which is the business growth type, the marketing promotions, the sales promotions, things that were going to be happening. So like all this black Friday, all the decisions that we made for that are happening this week, that was decided at the beginning of October. So we work about six, eight weeks ahead um, to be ahead to make sure we have the graphics and the deliverables and just all that. Um, we we don't we don't do full on like twelve week, ninety day years, twelve week year, whatever sort of project style. 
Um, we, we typically can work a little bit faster than that. And so six to eight weeks is usually plenty of time for us to pull together a full on, you know, marketing campaign of some kind. And, and because we're running multiple businesses, like in January, we'll have three running at once. <laughs> so we're going to pull it off though, because we can, and because we plan yeah. ahead and because, because we can schedule and automate a lot of things. And so um, that's the current meeting structure that we have. I do not have like a leadership team. We're not to that point yet. Um, but that would probably be the next call that I would add in would be sort of a leadership call. And then I do have a, uh, an affiliate manager who manages our affiliate programs and we meet twice a month as well to make sure that there are any questions they have, um, that their the promotional emails that they're getting match up to our promotional campaigns so that they can promote with us, things like that. And so those, that's our kind of our monthly, um, and weekly call schedule. So when you're, when you're, planning out your time blocks for the week you just know okay these are these are these meetings that will always happen at these certain times and then it just kind of everything works around around that right and, and usually our meetings last about an hour especially the email calls the promotion calls and then what i do my blocks are usually an hour and a half i always have a half an hour right afterwards because right. you've got to do the things you just said you were going to do or at yeah. least plan them or figure out when they can go into your schedule in the future you know that's going to be something i have to do this week that's one of the things that I've learned, I guess, probably the hard way is not planning the post meeting time mm. where you can quickly knock out the things because you're already thinking about them. They're already in your head. You already just mapped out this thing. If I could just get started. And so having an hour call with a 30 minute kind of follow up has been really helpful for me personally and making sure that things don't fall through the cracks or the, the team's not waiting for that quick thing I said I would do. So then, um, yes, go oh, do all that. the things at the end yeah. of your meeting. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely steal that. So thank you for that. Yeah. Catherine, uh, Catherine in the chat says, as I say at the end of every meeting, sorry guys, I got to, got to go do the things. And yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause otherwise what happens at everyone, you know, agrees to do, do them, but then, you know, nothing happens until, and then the next meeting rolls around and then you're reviewing what has been done. But if you had just like nailed them, oh, that's, that's gold. I like that. Cool. So speaking of, uh, having time to, to do things, I'm guessing, well, obviously there's a lot of demands on your time and, and it sounds like the bucketing and the, the blocking solves a lot of it, but, but how do you prioritize? How do you, how do you know what you should be spending your time doing in all of those blocks? And what kind of gets pushed off to, to future blocks or, or, or whatever? So I think it, 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 I don't want to attach money to this, but I think that's what usually ends up happening either consciously or subconsciously. I'm not sure, but it really kind of depends on these are the things, you know, kind of goes back to the business maintenance and the business growth. So like, these are the things that we have to do to keep the lights on, to keep the money coming in. And these are the things that we need to do to earn more money. Right. And so I think that, you know, there you you brought you know the names of these things better than I do. There's there's a matrix of some kind where these are the the tasks that are kind of low level but high mm -hmm. earning, and then yeah. there's tasks that are this is an intense sort of project that we need to set up, but it has huge potential. So there's a little bit of risk there, but you know maybe we should try it anyways. Whether it's setting up a challenge for your new product or you know whatever you need to do for this product launch, of course there's risk in the time and money spent in setting that up, but then the reward can be so much higher. And so I think looking at it with a, with a, with the filter of that, 
And then if it's a new, like we have a couple product lines we've been thinking about doing, and that's just a cash thing, right? Like, okay, when we get to this much in cash, then we'll do that, right? And so it's all sitting there and everything's in our wheelhouse to pull that off, but we're not going to work on that until we can cash that out. Does that make sense? Or like yep. cash flow, pay for this new product line. Like if you're going to bring in a product line, that's tens, twenties, thirties, forties, thousands of dollars, right? And so that's, that's going to sit over here and we're going to have it all researched and all ready to go. So as soon as it's there, boom, we're off and we're to the races and we can launch that thing next. Right. And so I think, you know, at the big, at the big level, it's, it's, you know, what has the most potential to earn us more money um, at the daily level, it's okay, keep the lights on. And let's do one thing towards that bigger project, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, but I think you're like, you, you kind of said, oh, I don't think we should attach money necessarily. But I think it's actually quite right to do that. Because that's where I think a lot of people get into trouble is they, they spend their time on thing, if you're in a business, they, they're spending on their time on things that are not going to help them grow their business. Or, keep the lights on or if you're not in business if you're in corporate or something like that you know they're spending their time on things that might not align with whatever their quarterly objectives are or whatever and then or whatever they're that will help them in their career and then they they get into their review their annual review with their boss or whatever and they say you know i've been their boss maybe doesn't give them as high review and they say, what do you mean? I'm so busy. I'm doing, I've done all this stuff. And your boss is sitting, even if they don't think it, or sorry, even if they don't say it, they're sit- sitting there thinking, yeah, but that is not what I actually want you to be doing. That is not what is going to take you to the next level or get you that exceeds rating or whatever. So I think lining up what you're doing with what helps you, it's absolutely a totally legit, uh, legit strategy you can have your, your time totally structured. You can have everything, (laughs) everything, uh, lined up, but, and Tana's talked about this on previous podcasts as well. Sometimes you know what you need to do, you know what you should be doing, but those covers are feeling really comfy in bed and you, or you just, you know, you're just sitting there with your head down on your desk, you know, not able to (laughs) not feeling like actually doing the things that you know, you should be doing. You or somebody who it sounds like you have a ton going on. Uh, and I wasn't going to bring up the kids because whenever a guy's being interviewed, nobody ever asks them like, Hey, how do you do it with kids? But since you brought up the the four kids, uh, I, I will go there. Like, how do you have the energy to do all that? How do you, even with the business stuff alone, like how to, how to, do you have any strategies for keeping your energy up and uh, being able to accomplish all this stuff? So I totally do. And I think that um, this is just my own personal beef. So I'm just going to just drop it out there really fast. So like the morning routine doesn't exist for me. Like I have no morning routine. My morning routine is get my children out the door with all the things that they're supposed to have in their bags and make sure that my stuff is in my bags. That's my morning routine. There we go. Okay. So I, I don't do, I do all those things other parts of the day. I have my reading time. I have my journal time. It's just not in the morning. Okay. So let me clear that out. My morning routine is getting the kids to school. And then when I get to the office, then I have my other routines. Right. And so here's, here's the thing with energy. I am up at 6.09 AM, 6.09 AM. And I am out by 10. So I am, we'll kind of, we'll touch on sleep probably first. I am really protective of my sleep, like really protective. I quit working at night's years ago. 
it just doesn't work. Like it doesn't, it, you think, and there, I shouldn't say quit. Like there's an occasional time where I'll get a burst of energy, um, after my kids go to sleep. Other, other, um, parents know that like your kids are finally asleep and all of a sudden you come alive and you're ready to go out and party. Right. And so on occasion I will work in the evening, but it's literally like once a quarter maybe. And so, but I'm really protective of my sleep because I need to be moving at 110% all day, every day. So I don't stop until 10 PM. Like literally there is a child awake (laughs) until 10 PM. Somebody has to get, I turn into like the mom Uber driver after school and with all the activities, my husband and I split because we have to split the kids to do mm-hmm. two different places at two different times, like in, in different parts of town. Like it's it, that that's our life in the afternoons. And so I have to be able to get through the entire day. And here's how I do that. One, I am totally fueled by coffee, the same coffee every day. It's not bulletproof, but it's sort of like that. It's unsweet coconut milk and instant coffee. It's very, it's just what I drink. It's my, it's my routine. That's morning, morning routine right there is my coffee. Um, noon is something that I discovered because of running. I do a lot of running and it is a electrolyte. I don't have a tube here there at my house. It's like a electrolyte tablet. You put it in water and it fizzes and it makes the water taste good. And it, it's got B vitamins and electrolytes and things like that. So I drink that also every morning. So coffee and noon. And I really can tell a difference when I don't drink it just on just sort of this like energy, energy level. So the, um, the, and then the food that I eat, I am really in tune with what I eat and how it affects my energy level. So if I have any sort of gluten, gluten's not bad. I don't have celiac disease. I don't like, it doesn't cause issues other than if I have any gluten for lunch, I will be asleep on my desk for like two hours. There's just something about it that makes me have an energy crash. And I can't afford that. I'll eat it at dinner because then I'll just kind of wind down at the end of the day. It's no big deal. But if I have it at lunch, my day is basically over. It's hard for me to come back after that. It's just hard for me to get going again. And so I literally avoid it like the plague. And, and I think that we're not in tune enough with that and how food and it could be dairy for you. It could be peanuts. Like who knows? Like it could be right. something super random. Your body just does not get along with that particular food. So I'm really particular about those things. And then of course I mentioned earlier um, running and just how on those days I'm more productive just because it keeps your energy going. I go to um, the gym a couple times a week and um, do classes there. And so it really makes a difference just stress level wise for me processing just the energy. Um, because when you have, when you're up and you're energetic all day long, that's also a, a stressor <laughs> as odd as it sounds. And so I think, you know, doing the exercise helps kind of process that and keep that balance for me. Um, and then last thing going back to sleep is the blue light filter glasses mm. are money money, 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 however much you find for them to cost, spend the money on that because they really make a difference. Um, you know, whether or not you have a screen in front of your face as you're going to sleep, it doesn't matter. It's just the blue light in your house. Um, it'll, it'll help kind of give you more of that melatonin shot that you didn't know you needed. And so I, I do use those, um, in the evenings. Yeah. One of the, we did a mastermind earlier in the year and, uh, 
in Austin and everybody was kind of sharing their different tips and people were recommending this app and that app and this strategy and that strategy. And then uh, one of one dojo member, Scott, uh, yeah, pulled out his blue light glasses and he's like, yeah, this is my tip. And by the end, he, he had everyone convinced. Tan went out and bought them. I think he actually bought them on his phone while the conversation was happening. Cause, uh, yeah. And uh, everyone, I, I actually haven't tried them myself, but everybody I know I know who has tried them is swears by them. So I think I, I need to see stuff like that is sometimes more expensive in Canada, but maybe I, you've convinced me maybe I should just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah. And, uh, Katie, <laughs> Katie in the, in the dojo chat says that she feels like every mother adopts tap tactical maneuvers and that's just the description of their life. And yeah, that, uh, I know obviously a lot of, a lot of moms and a, a lot of moms with kids in activities, my wife and I are, are the same. We're splitting up and driving kids everywhere all the time. And, uh, yeah, tactical maneuvers is pretty good description of, of, of how that is rehydration tablets. I actually had never heard of those. So this, and, uh, Katie is uh, recommending those as well. She says she lives on those. <laughs> so, uh, that's something I'll have to look into as well. Cause that's, that's interesting. I wasn't familiar with that. So, uh, for those who are following along, you might've noticed I've been talking about time. I've been talking about energy. There's all part of a, a recent podcast feature we've done on the blog, what we call the T framework, which is just uh, the three dimensions of pr productivity, time, energy, and then attention and focus. And I want to talk about attention a little bit because a lot of people, what we hear for a lot, uh, we recently did a, a survey of our entire email list asking what their, what their biggest struggle is and with, with productivity and 50% said attention and focus and 25 each was the other two so focus is definitely the big one that a lot of our audience has i'm sure a lot of people that you talk to as well how do you deal with distractions whether it's like phone calls people drop i mean you, you work a lot from home so it, well it's a different type of distraction of course <laughs> uh emails or whatever like how do you how do you deal with with distractions and staying focused on on your important blocks so I think it's just one having the blocks and just sort of having this mm. mentality and wanting to do as much as I can in, in that. Um, so a couple of things that I do, one is I have power days, I call them at least once a week. Typically I will have two. And those are days where I have no phone calls, no appointments, no schedule, no gym. It is literally me sitting here at my desk for from I'm usually here by eight and I have to leave by three ish, three fifteen, depending on the day. So I literally have that entire time to just power through all the things. And a lot of times what I'll do is I'll maybe merge a couple of blocks and there's this one thing that I need to do and I'm really not sure how long it's gonna take and I'll put it on a power day because what power days do is is this it's almost like a bigger block of time where I know I'm going to be able to finish that or at least get close to finished. And so I'll do it during that time where it's, there's less of an end time, if you will. So like some things I need to work on when I don't have a drop dead, like I have to leave, like there's, I can't, my kids have a half day at school twice a month. And so I can't really do, I can't do a power day on a half day because I have a drop dead of like noon. Like I got to be out of here by noon. But if I start something by nine o'clock in the morning and it's something I'm not sure how long it could take, maybe it's going to take four or five hours, but I really don't know. I will put it on a power day because I don't have, yes, I need to leave the office by like 3.15, but I'm not going to work on one thing for seven hours. That's not going to happen. Right. And so that's counterproductive. And so, but does that make sense? So it's yep. something that I know is going to 
need a big block of time. And here's what always ends up happening. I don't know if you found this. It only takes me like two and a half hours to do this thing that I thought was going to yes. be this big thing. And that kind of goes back to the whole overwhelm and prioritizing and not showing how, how long things are going to take to do. And it's in our heads, we make them take longer than they're actually going to take. Absolutely. And so power days is one thing that we do. The other thing that we do that I haven't really touched on, and I'm sure people are wondering about, is the creative time, right? Like I'm super type A, I don't think of myself as creative, but I need to be creative and I want to be creative in our work and in the programming that we do and in the promotions that we do, like there has to be creative time. And so I give, I have flex days, if you will. Um, So there's power days, um, which, you know, if it's, you know, nothing on the calendar and I need to do this marketing thing, I'll try and put it on the same bucket day that I'm usually pretty good about doing that. Just kind of make sure everything's matching up with my bigger, um, my bigger block and the bigger flow that we have each week. But then there's also like that creative time and flex days for me is typically Fridays. My kids have half days twice a month. And then on the other days I get full, full Fridays. And those are days where I just kind of things that need to get you know, finished up for the week. Um, I need to pick up some slack, something's fallen through the cracks this week or the last week and, or a little bit of creative time. Creative time is something you can't really schedule. You kind of have to let it happen. So I build in a little bit of time into my week each week to let creative time happen. Um, And so having power days and flex days has been really helpful um, as far as like attention and focus goes. The other thing that I totally discovered by accident I had to actually just look it up because I, I don't even know how to pronounce this, but it's called ashwagandha. Maybe you've heard of it. It's like a root or a leaf. It's a supplement. Mm-hmm. I'm I've not heard, even, heard, I'm not even sure if you've yeah, heard of it. I've heard of it. I don't know anything about it, but I've heard the name. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I've been taking one particular brand that has that plus magnesium and magnesium is like a brain booster and Oh my goodness. When I take that, (laughs) it's like coffee clears the fog, right? Like that's just what coffee or tea does, right? This like almost makes you, makes your brain sit up a little bit higher in in its chair and like show up if that makes sense. And so (laughs) I don't, I don't know how I came across it or why I decided to start taking it. It was probably about six months ago. I only take it on days that I come to the office. I don't take it otherwise. Um, and it really just has this like sharpening effect for me. I'm not like trying to be a doctor or anything. Uh, my sister can, can play the doctor. I cannot. Um, but it really has helped me, um, with that. And then the other thing that I've done, that's just kind of my own personal competition is using a time tracker. I usually use toggle and that, um, the time tracking, what that helps me do is I have all my buckets built into toggle. And so toggle was, is something that, um, has just helped me in stay accountable and stay working in the sort of the time blocks and the buckets that I have throughout the week. And just to make sure that I'm not spending too much time on this, or do I need to shift things around or move some time blocks around or things like that, that just helps me visualize it better, if you will. Um, And just to make sure that we're making enough progress in each area that we need to be making in. Do you go back and review that your, your reports or whatever in toggle and then just see how you did or is it just the fact that you are that you know your um that you're recording it that almost kind of helps you keep on the straight and narrow kind of like people who log but calories I've, or whatever 
Right. That I'm watching myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're spying on yourself over here in the corner as that little time clicks along. I think it's both. I, I get the weekly reports on Monday morning. So I'll look at the, the week before and just be like, Ooh, we were a little off mm. or we had to do a lot on this or did we get as much done? How can we make up for that this week? So I'll, I'll glance at the reports. It's not like a deep dive into them or anything, but just to make sure that we're on track. And then it really is. It's just an accountability thing. It's like somebody's watching. It's like one of the things I love about my gym is we wear these monitors and like you get an email afterwards saying, Hey, this is how many calories you burn. This is how much time you were in the red zone. Like it's, it's like, there is something really impactful mm. about those types of reports, you know, and that's in exercise, same thing with time tracking, um, other areas of your business, you have to have your finance reports, you have to have your email. I mean, you need all these reports to make sure everything's on track. Right. Sure. And so I think that that's the time tracking, but I think in, in the reality, it's that I'm watching myself right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how I'm using my time, um, wisely. So when we first met at Entrepalooza, the first Entrepalooza that we met at, uh, we were sitting at a table at uh, dinner or it was drinks or some, some sort of reception thing. And uh, it was after your presentation. So, of course, as what happens when you speak at a conference is everyone's asking you questions, just like I was getting ready to ask you questions. And, uh, uh, you know, it got on the topic of your business. And uh, one thing you said, and I'm going to totally mess up the, the quote, but basically people were asking you, like, do you have background in building businesses do you have these like super techie skills and you're like no my main my main skill the main thing that that i have is execution like i can i get have an i if i get an idea i can get it executed which is actually the problem that most people have people think the ideas are the hard part but it's not actually the idea that's the hard part usually it's it's actually executing on those ideas so when you do things like you go to conferences or you talk to people other entrepreneurs or whatever I'm assuming you get all these zillion ideas that are coming at you, things that you could do. How do you, how do you sift through those different inputs and organize them and first of all, know what you should implement and then actually get them implemented? Like how, how do you do the execution part of it? I mean, I know it's kind of hard, weird question, but like, how do you execute, I guess? (laughs) So I think, you know, beyond execution, I think that there's two things. And I think part of this for me is personality, but part of it is just pure grit and determination (laughs) too. And, and also that, you know, I have this very limited window. It's not that limited, but this sort of time that my children are in school is when I have to pound it out. Right. And so I think that beyond that, there's two other things that I think I've kind of honed in on and and I'm trying to perfect. It's a journey. It's a process. But one of them is I'm a really fast decision maker. And so I'll make a decision and we go with it. And it's not that I haven't considered the consequences, positive and negative, of that particular decision. It's that I don't let that slow me down. And I think what happens is if you have this idea or you have a project you want to do or a product you want to create or invention or whatever the, 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 the thing you need to execute, this idea you need to execute on, whatever it is, we get held up in the fear that nobody's going to buy this, the what if people don't like it, what if my audience, this doesn't res- resonate with my audience, whatever negative consequence executing on this idea would have is what we get hung up on and we just get stuck. And so then nothing happens. And so I just ignore all that stuff. (laughs) It pops into my head for sure, but I just ignore it. And I choose to focus on, no, this is going to help these people. This is going to 
transform the way that people learn how to cook. Right. So we just, we are just now launching this brand new app. I had the idea in March, March it's out. It's live. It's done completely built from scratch. No other technology like this ever in that I'm aware of. And I've done the research, right? So like there were lots of negative consequences and fears that crept in, in the entire, I mean, it was a month long, months, 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 months of building this and didn't stop me. It's here. It's live, right? Because I chose to focus on the things that were going to happen. Now, when it comes down to tactical things within our business, I think it really comes down to two things. One, there's, does it align with our current set of goals or KPIs, right? Is this, is updating this or implementing this or including this or reorganizing this going to help this goes back to cash, goes back to money, right? Kind of what we talked about before. Same thing. Is this going to help us make more money? And I'll give you a perfect example that actually came out of this last event that we were at. Um, It was one of the classes and it was all about um, the customer journey. And um, Brian gave this great talk based on a book. So I read the book and then I'm like, we're doing this right now. Like I literally tossed other projects aside to do this right now. Well, I can tell you right now it was well worth doing because we've done it completely from start to finish on one particular product and we're in the middle of it for the second product. And it's basically auditing, updating, redoing all of our member or prospect onboarding and member onboarding. And oh my goodness, we have made more money than I spent my time on in the first product since we're just redoing it in like the last two weeks. And so you really don't know until you do it. (laughs) But I suspected that updating all of these things and improving all of these particular communications in this case would help us make more money. And in this case, it certainly did. And then we're in the middle of, we're about to probably after this deals week is finished, we'll flip it live this for this, for the second um, product. And so that is, but there are literally dozens of other things on the list that came out of this last event um, two months ago that we probably won't ever even get to, or if we do, it's going to be later. So I think it's one is the cash thing. And the second thing is, is I feel like maybe, and this might just be me, maybe it's you as well, that we have to do everything so fast. (laughs) Get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. And it almost seems counterintuitive, but if it's like, it's almost like I've kind of adopted this nope in everything, it's due time. If it's not something that I can get to or my assistant can get to or I can delegate it to somebody soon, then we'll get to it when we get to it. So it's kind of like adapting that which seems a little counterintuitive because eventually we'll get there or it'll just get tossed off the list and it's not something that we're ever going to do. And so I think it's a combination of, you know, that prioritizing kind of based on like the cash, you know, how much money, how much work is this going to take? Um, and having a, a, a healthy perspective maybe of how quickly we need to have this particular thing done. Um, and, and that, again, that goes back to prioritizing, which we're just really not that great at. And so it's sure. just time and practice, um, I think is probably the best way to kind of take what you've learned and then implement it into what you already have going on. All right. So, uh, let's wrap it up by talking about everybody's favorite thing, which is tools. So, um, what do you use to, to kind of stay on top of everything that's going on there, with communication tools? You know, you already mentioned Voxer and Flock. And uh, if you'd like to expand on more of those, you can or we can move on to the next thing. Uh, but what kind of 
tools do you do you use? So those I, I will often have a flock and a, and a Voxer and an email thread going around all at the same time with <laughs> even the same people. And so, <laughs> so it's just, you know, we, we've got it covered. And with the Voxer and Flock, we, we, we did use Slack for a long time and I recently switched over to Flock and I really like the extra integrations that it has. Mm. Um, and so it's been a pretty seamless move for us. And it just it just keeps the communication is constant and back and forth. And as far as task management goes, I am 100% a pencil and paper person. I do have a digital calendar that I use for coordinating with our team and then coordinating our family schedule with my husband, but I am, I literally work all on paper. (laughs) So I have a paper backlog that's on graph paper. I'm such a math nerd, seriously. (laughs) Graph paper, (laughs) my backlog and kind of ideas dump, my brain dump all happens um, on this graph paper. I have a goals workbook that I use. That's kind of the higher level KPI-ish goals that that we have. And then I have another notebook that is for the weekly plan. And that's bucketed, just like I bucket my days, the, the weekly plan is bucketed. And then I have a daily planner. So literally, just like a task would move in a software like um, Jira or Assembla or whatever agile sort of method, or even Asana if you're using, or Trello, if you're using any of those with sort of the agile method, I just do it on pencil and paper and go from back task goes from backlog to weekly to daily. And then it just, by doing it that way, there's such clarity in what we need to do. And then I do the goals is, is a monthly is a monthly check-in. And so doing that really helps. And then we use Dropbox and Drive and then Flock has an internal notes and and document system. So we use those things to share files between everybody that needs them. uh, You're definitely not alone there on the pencil and paper. We have a whole course in the dojo on analog productivity and there's a lot of a lot of dojo members that are that are fully analog as well how does that work with your team though if you need to give them a task is it just you have the meetings or or you send them a message in flock or voxer and then and then how they store it is up to them is that kind of how it works or do you have a a shared task management system with your team we don't have a shared task management, but we do have shared agendas. And because mm. of the way our phone call system works, everything that needs to get take have action, AI is what we call them, action items, we um, all lives on the um, agenda doc. So if anybody needs, oh, what did we talk about? Or when am I supposed? When does that do? Oh. All on the on the agenda doc, and that's we have to do that. I mean, I can't. They can't know what's on my paper. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know, the digital component between the calendar and then the shared agendas does happen. That all happens, and then Google Drive, and then any assets, so PDF files, you know, graphic files, all those live in Dropbox, and it's it's all very um, very well organized and, and defined. So if you any keyword you could think of that you needed to find something in Dropbox, you're not going to have any problem finding it. You just go to the brand folder and then each brand folder has all the different bucket folders. You go to the bucket folder and it, it's very well organized. Right. <laughs> so even if you can't search for it, you could still navigate to it fairly easily within our, within our Dropbox and Drive. Awesome. All right. So thank you so much, Aaron. This has been amazing. And just based on the feedback from the dojo, everybody's been loving it. Just to wrap up, if, if there's one piece of advice or if there's something we haven't talked about that you think would make people more productive or you were, you were wanted to share with them, uh, what would that be? It's definitely do one thing. 
don't try multitask. Don't try and like do all these crazy buckets and blocks and things that I just talked about. Take one thing that, that kind of struck with you and resonated with you today and see if you can kind of work it into your current setup because, and then maybe you're going to remember, remember this or another one of the episodes or from a month ago, you'll remember that later when it's time, because we're on this journey, right? We're on this personal development journey, this growth journey that's ever evolving and ever changing. And I think that if you can just kind of slowly make one step, take one step further down that journey to becoming more productive, then the next step, then the next step as it comes to you. And as you think, Oh, that would be really helpful for me personally. And in our business, just do that one thing at a time, implement it, and then start on the next thing. Well, Aaron, if anybody uh, wants to find you online, check out some of your meal plans, which we didn't even really talk about or, or anything like that. Uh, where, where can people find you online? The best place is $5dinners.com that has all the information about uh, me and our resources and everything that we have happening online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get things done. You should be able to get everything done in the time that you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time that you have, increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped over 13,000 people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your personal life to get things done. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. You can also find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 226. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.